Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Renovate. Berto Will is your host. Thank you so kindly for being part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. Welcome aboard. Eric Hayes is in the house. Welcome aboard. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Bridge MCP is in the house. Welcome aboard. We also have Lee Grant. We also have AVQL Senor Michael Rutnan from Twitch. Where are all my peeps? Where are all my peeps? We are kind of getting to a slow start, but hey. What can I say? Every so often, that is what we run into. Anyway, how are how are everybody doing right now? I trust we're all doing fine. I trust everybody's weekends were uh, were just fine. Our AVQ says audio and video is good. Love to hear that. We got our first real cold front uh, for this new season. And you know what? It's cold. As you can see, I'm wearing my Politics Done Right hoodie. So you should check it out at politicsunright.com slash store, politicsunright.com slash store. Get all our good stuff. Get it for the cool stuff out there. This is my navy blue. I know the other day uh, Michael Rudden was looking for a color that we don't have. It's not my fault. I am not the one who generates the colors. I wish I could find it, Michael, but I can't. But this is pretty, man. This is pretty, too. Come help support the program. Go get your hoodies it's getting cold now go get those hoodies at politicsandright.com stores don't forget you can get the cups the hats all that good stuff right now anyway folks we're gonna have a great show for you today michael rudness says hiding a fox noise link behind msn as expected michael rudness says two colors egberto midnight blue and near black green saved a seaweed nori green Man, I tried every color that they have there. What can I say? All right. Let's see. Let's go ahead and start reading before I get with the first uh, with the first thing here. We're going to start with Lee Grant, who says this war, uh, uh, this war just is not just in the Middle East. It is all over the planet. A plane from Israel arriving at a Russian airport was mobbed by an angry citizenry. Posters calling for the release of kidnapped Israeli children are being torn off the walls and the street lamp posts on U.S. college campuses. A sign went up at uh, in business saying, no Jews allowed. Look, the big problem I see is the conflation between the racist, anti-Semitic manner of some uh, using Netanyahu's evil, evil, evil attack on Pal- on Gaza. You see, Net- first of all, there is no place for anti-Semitism. There is no place for racist anti-Jewish people. Unfortunately, a lot of the right-wingers now that are expressing their hatred towards Jews are the same ones that try to use Jews against progressives. I find it ironic. And the person that tackled it on Sunday was Jake Tapper. And Jake Tapper did a great, great, great job. And I think what I'll do is I will play that one first. 
But later on, I want to play something with Pramila Jayapal, where we say, do not mix it up. Do not mix anti-Semitism with the evil effected by, uh, by Netanyahu, who is murdering in a terroristic manner the people in Gaza. Two separate issues. A lot of demagogues try to combine the two. They try to make it that if you speak out against the Israeli government, you're anti-Semitic. Yet the same people that are doing that themselves are generally those that are anti-Semitic. We can't allow the fallacy to reign. You can criticize Netanyahu for the evil he represents. At the same time, you are there to support your Jewish brothers and sisters like I am. I am here to support protect and make sure there is no anti-Semitic behavior against any Jewish person or any Jewish person that I can protect. None. I, am, I support no form of anti-Semitism, no form of hating towards Jewish people. But by the same token, I do not support any form of anti-Palestinianism and no form of racism against Palestinians, no form of the murder and terrorism against Palestinians or Jews. We had Hamas who effected a horrific, a horrific terroristic act against Jews, against Israeli Jews three weeks ago. And we have Benjamin Netanyahu effecting the same type of terroristic, if not worse, because he's doing it with the power of the state and the power of weapons provided him by the United States of America to terrorize Palestinians. And don't think this only has to do with Hamas. This has to do with having destroying uh, Gaza so badly that instead of trying to repair Gaza, the people just leave. That is Netanyahu's ultimate goal. You don't, you don't indiscriminately bomb and destroy building after building, property after property. Look at the Google previous and the Google now maps. And what you see is genocide. What you see is the, the, the removal of people from a land. Genocide. When, I, when you hear Bill Maher comes out and says, oh, they don't understand, uh, they don't understand the concept. They don't, when do you want to start? Israel, Israelis were there before, and now they may be coming back and trying again. No, no. But I tell you what, let me go ahead and play this, and then we'll take it on the other side. Republicans love to attack uh, progressive representatives like Ilan Omar or uh, AOC, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez or Rashida Tlaib. Well, today, Jake Tapper did something uh, and I found it magnanimous in the way he defended Rashida Tlaib. Of course, Rashida Tlaib has been accused of being anti-Semitic, which what she really is, is pro-Palestinians. As far as she is concerned, Palestinians are being harmed. Palestinians are being killed. Palestinians are being hurt for what terrorists have been doing in their name. Uh, most Palestinians are just as innocent as most uh, Israelis are innocent. And it's just the warring factions uh, that that creates the killings, the, the actual murder, instead of solving the issues through some sort of a 
truthful negotiations, of course. So um, Jake Tapper did a great thing today, I, I think, specifically because uh, the Republicans want to censor uh, Rashida Tlaib. What he did is showed the hypocrisy of those folks who have been the most racist within the Republican Party, show how they're, they hypocritically are attempting to use Rashida Tlaib's words, first of all, twist their words to mean much different than what they, they mean, but more uh, importantly, that these people who want to censor her are the ones who themselves are the true racist, the true anti-Semitic. These are the ones that have been marching through the streets saying things like they, uh, they will not be replaced and all these other tropes that's been used. Check this out. We'll take it on the other side. Some folks only pretend to care about anti-Semitism when they can weaponize it. Never ceases to amaze. Allow me to tell you about a brand new House Republican resolution to censure Democratic Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib of Michigan, the first Palestinian American woman in Congress. Now, accusations of anti-Israel and anti-Semitic statements from Tlaib are not exactly new. And I'm just talking about from her fellow House Democrats. Attention on Tlaib refocused after the explosion at the Baptist Hospital in Gaza a week and a half ago. The Hamas-run Palestinian Ministry of Health immediately blamed Israel for what they called a strike, while Israeli and eventually U.S. intelligence ultimately suggested it was more likely from a misfired Palestinian rocket. Despite all the new evidence, Tlaib waited more than a week to add a clarification to her tweet that others have raised doubts about the claim. She did leave her original tweet up. She got a lot of criticism from fellow Democrats. And you might be sitting there thinking, okay, I can see why that might bother even outrage people. But are House Republicans really in a position to censure Tlaib? I mean, the leading Republican presidential nominee, Donald Trump, I mean, he dined with Holocaust deniers. Donald Trump posted a screed accusing liberal Jews of, quote, voting to destroy America and Israel last Rosh Hashanah to nary a peep from any House Republican leaders. I mean, let's just take as an example, oh, I don't know, Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia. I mean, Greene spoke at the white supremacist conference run by Holocaust denier, racist, anti-Semite Nick Fuentes, who participated in that hateful 2017 Charlottesville rally. Now, Greene later said she didn't know Fuentes's views, although they were pretty well known. This is the same Marjorie Taylor Greene who has pushed the great replacement theory in videos, the deranged notion that rich Jews are trying to replace white Americans and Westerners with blacks and brown Muslims. Not to mention, of course, her Jewish space laser conspiracy that a consortium, including, yes, wealthy Jews, were using lasers on satellites to start forest fires. Here in Israel, Green has gotten some attention for belittling the Holocaust by tweeting, quote, Joe Biden is Hitler with the hashtag Nazi Joe has got to go. And for saying that then Speaker Nancy Pelosi's House floor mask mandate 
was an abuse, just like how Jews were, quote, put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. Under fire, Green visited the Holocaust Museum and apologized. So let me tell you something. You're never going to believe who the Republican offering this motion to censure Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib is. I want you to take a guess. Go ahead. Take a guess. That's right. It's Marjorie Taylor Greene. And it gets worse because when you read Greene's resolution, you realize it is a written by someone who seems to have learned about the Arab-Israeli conflict maybe 10 minutes before, who maybe didn't even have access to Wikipedia. And B, while there are plenty of valid criticisms of Congresswoman Tlaib, this resolution twists a bunch of things that she said beyond recognition. And C, the resolution seems much more focused on January 6th than it does on October 7th. Throughout its pages, Marjorie Taylor Greene describes this act of civil disobedience from a bunch of left-wing Jewish groups that are critical of Israel's government. This act as an insurrection. This is not an insurrection. It might be a bunch of folks with whom you disagree. It might be a bunch of people you think are misguided, acting in a way you don't like. But this is not an insurrection. Anti-Semitism is not a cudgel to be used against people for political points, nor is Islamophobia or racism or anti-gay behavior or misogyny or, or any other kind of bigotry. Just over three weeks ago, 1,400 people, mostly Jews, mostly civilians, were slaughtered here in some of the cruelest and most unimaginable ways in the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. This shit is not a game. Again, Jake Tapper did a great job in, in pointing out the hypocrisy of so many on the right attempted to censor someone like Rashida Tlaib. Think about this. If you are Rashida Tlaib and you're Palestinian and you have relatives in the Gaza Strip, and bombs are flying and killing innocent people by the thousands. Look, what Hamas did to, to, to Israelis is terrible. It's criminal. It was a terrorist act. 14,000 or so Israeli sadly died. We should all feel that pain. But what the revenge used by Netanyahu and his clan of just blowing things. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. It's up irrespective of whether people are in there or not under the pretext that you are doing this because you are going to ultimately save lives uh, and destroy Hamas makes no sense. 
And the reason why is if you have a problem with Hamas, hunt Hamas down, but stop doing it in the fashion of destroying the entire infrastructure, the entire economy of a particular group, which is exactly what they're doing. What they're inflicting on Palestine right now or on the Gaza Strip right now is nothing short of genocide. It's nothing short of terrorism. So uh, uh, two wrongs don't make a right. But I tell you one thing, take a picture of Tel Aviv or any Israeli city right now and take a picture of any townships in the Gaza Strip. uh, Post and pre-bombing or pre-this conflict. And tell me who's the one inflicting the worst damage on humanity right now based on what has occurred and what is occurring just take the picture side by side take the number of deaths side by side take the number of maimings side by side and then let's see if you can really ask uh, answer the question who is the real aggressor who is the real oppressor we spend ask yourself those questions who is the real aggressor all right lee grant says this war is not the only uh just in the middle east and you're right i think i answered that already uh russia's Dagestan uh airport closed after anti-israel protests hundreds of people in russia's Dagestan region angry at israeli bombing of gaza stormed the airport on sunday at a flight from tel aviv landed the mac Hachakala Airport was forced to close after some of the protesters made it to the runway while some others were heard chanting anti-Jewish slogans. At least 60 people have been arrested following the clashes between protesters and police. Completely uncalled for. You can't blame the average Israeli citizen for, for what that criminal Netanyahu is doing in Palestine, in, in, in Gaza. You cannot blame the average Palestinian. You, I mean, the average Israeli, period. And those people, there are people that are always looking for an excuse to to bring out their innermost racism. They are always looking for an excuse. Though the anti-Semitic is always looking for an excuse to attack uh, uh, to attack folks. We cannot we cannot support that. We cannot condone that. And likewise, we cannot support or condone what Netanyahu is doing. The systemic systematic murder of Palestinians as he claims he's trying to uh, uh, mitigate the terroristic attack against the Israelis. That's not what he's doing. He is carpet bombing Gaza with the intent of, of keeping the place so destructed that people leave and not come back out of fear. That's his goal. And if you take a look at the map that he has been drawing along with his right wing nutcases, you will see that they have no intent on a two state solution. The reason that they put settlement after settlement in the middle of the West Bank, settlement after settlement all over that doesn't allow for the contiguous making of two states is for that exact purpose. Netanyahu is evil. I can we cannot justify uh, anti-Semitism, racism against Jews. We cannot justify that. 
But if you want to know who has given a platform to those racists, Netanyahu has given a platform to those racists. Netanyahu has given uh, has given them a false platform by saying, you see what this guy is doing? You see how evil he can be? You see how he can murder unabashedly innocent women, children? You see how he can destroy? And to my Jewish brothers and sisters, you have to see what that leader in Israel is doing and why he should never be able to hold the prime ministership of Israel again. All right, uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, Barbara Wills, welcome aboard. She's in from Michigan. Uh, gracias por estar aquí. Thank you so kind for being here. Uh, Paul Fleming is checking in from Atlanta, Georgia, as well as is May Wood. Welcome aboard, May Wood. Great to see you in the chat room as well. Uh, Brisa de Egberto, same goes for uh, supporting Palestine without supporting Hamas. You're absolutely right. Uh, Michael Rodden, oh, I should say, if it were possible to annihilate Hamas without killing any women and children in the process, I'll do it, but that's not possible, which means we should operate like, like, like humane, humane countries do. You wait for the opportunity to assassinate uh, in the name of uh, uh, the state, those people without harming others. But you know, when it comes to countries like Israel, when it comes to countries like even the United States, I gave you guys a story about Panama. They wanted to get Manuel Antonio Noriega, so they killed 10,000 Panamanians to do so. We have to learn humanity. We have to learn that the lives of everybody, nobody's life is more important than the other. Nobody has more right to live in than the other. We would never, if we are trying to find some terrorist in some city densely populated in America in a particularly white community, you will never, ever see a SWAT team go in there indiscriminately and attack and, and destroy no matter what. You will never see it. But we do, we, we have seen it in places like Philadelphia, where whole neighbor places were burned down to get one guy. We did see it in Panama, where 10,000 Panamanians died to get Noriega, because there are certain lives that we don't think matters. There are certain lives where our ulterior goal is more important than life itself of others. Not ours, not ours meaning the majority population, but some. So please, folks, until humanity comes to all, there will be humanity for none. And that is what I think uh, people who's watching what's occurring in Israel now should heed and should stop the massacre should stop the genocide being affected by Netanyahu at this point in time. All right. Uh, Mike Sisak says you can't support the Gaza Strip without supporting Hamas as they represent the people there. Again, that is a statement made out of ignorance. I suggest you do a little bit of reading. Michael Ronan says Mike Sisak demonstrating his ignorance again. The Palestinian Authority, their government, represent the Palestinian people, not Hamas. Man, I don't know if I should start replying to the stupidity again. Don't. Uh, for the ones that bear replying, let me do it, please. Please. I don't want any of you to be frustrated. I love you too much, my brothers and sisters, to allow 
you to allow these some of these guys who are deficient in keeping up to speed with knowledge to get you heated. I will try to do it as respectful as I can. All right. Uh, Lee Grant says, too bad it's not that simple. Regency P says, why not, Lee? You can support citizens of both without supporting Hamas. Of course you can. Of course you can. Yep, the Jewish space laser lady ain't the best representative for anyone. Of course not. Michael Rundin says, would be nice for someone on the far right to understand that the Nazis are far right and the communists are usually designated as the far left. Again, uh, the truth doesn't matter to many on the left. All right. Uh, I mean, on the right. Uh, Lee Grant says, let me know where these Palestinians are demonstrating against Hamas. Will do. Uh, let's see. Eric Hayes. I don't know what that means. Uh, 1,400. Yeah, I, I made the mistake earlier and said 14,000 uh, Israelis. It was 1,400. Thanks for correcting me, Eric. Michael Rennes says, remind me, have we figured out who was actually responsible for the Gaza hospital bombing? Last I checked, Hamas and Israel blamed each other. Neither took responsibility and the investigation was ongoing. Don't know if any, there are no results yet uh, for the extensive damage that that bomb did. America and Israel are quick and want to as fast as possible try to put that aside and say it was an errant uh, Hamas or one of these anti-Israeli rockets. Those rockets are simple rockets that cannot do that kind of damage, in my humble opinion. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I believe absolutely nothing coming out of the IDF the Israeli Defense Forces. Nothing they say is to be believed. They killed a reporter and they said it was uh, Palestine. They I mean, you cannot believe absolutely anything out of them. They say they are they're they're not bombing indiscriminately. Then when you see the damage that's being done in in uh, Gaza, what you find is you find a a decimation of hardware. They simply cannot be believed. Period. All right, Brit says, Egberto Willis, Ron DeSantis called all Gazans anti-Semitic, but polls suggest they dislike Hamas and feel hopeless about the Israel blockade. Amid the escalation of Israeli human wars, uh, uh, observers in the region and inter internationally continue to make assumptions about Gazan public support for Hamas. Mistaken assumptions such as those by U.S. presidential candidate Ron DeSantis claiming that all Gazans are anti-Semitic or those that blame Gazans for electing Hamas may shape debate not only on how the war is perceived, but also over relief plans for Gazans in the months ahead. Any reconstruction efforts or aid distribution might be weighed against fears of Hamas insurgents within the Gazan population. In my own research, it is jihadi, safasism, and islamism. I found that militant movements provoke military interventions to exploit the chaos that ensues. Moreover, such groups often claim to govern in the illegitimate interests of those they dominate, even if these populations reject their rule. As several commentators have observed, Hamas likely hopes uh, is not just encourage a disproportionate response from Israel, but also to use the violent aftermath of intervention to cultivate continued gas and dependence upon it and to distract from its own domestic policy failures. The problem that Hamas will always have is that uh, Gaza is a jail. And if, you, if, if that jail depends on everything coming in from uh, Israel or Egypt, and tunnels, and Israel is decimating the tunnels that give you access to counter counterfeit stuff out of Egypt, counterfeit stuff out of um, Israel. There's really no no solution because anybody think that there are not Israeli companies 
that are actually assisting uh, their, their brethren in Gaza don't understand capitalism. Capitalism doesn't care about ethics, humanity, or anything else. So the only reason Gaza was able to support a lot of what it does is the illegal trade between Israel and Gaza on, under the auspices of you know what. But anyway, I digress. Uh, Lee Grant says IDF is trying to disrupt Gaza, the tunnel system where their enemy is hiding. Okay. Uh, and, you know, they can try, you know. All right. Michael Ranza Egberto, if you examine maps, uh, what the West Bank was looked like over time, see the stolen lands via illegal settlements. You'll understand why a two-state solution is no longer possible. And I can imagine what the map looks like because I've seen it many a times. And because you went ahead and pulled it out, I'll go ahead and post it onto the screen. Anybody wants to see what the map, that was Palestine before. That was when it was actually, when the first picture shows uh, the protectorate, I think it was the British protectorate, as I recall. The second picture is 46. Uh, now, the third picture is what, how the UN split that thing up. If you notice, they try to make some sort of a contiguity with, uh, they, they try to make a contiguous Palestine and a contiguous Israel. Now, there is one exception, and that is, I think, up north. Uh, if you take a good look there, uh, Palestine, I don't know if there was really access to that area. OK, but as time went by, Israel and its conquering ways, look at what has happened over time to Israel versus uh, Israel versus Palestine. And take a look at all the encroachment that Israel has done onto those lands in effectively leaving Palestine. Uh, with just bits and pieces of discontinuous pieces of land. That is what we're talking about, discontinuous pieces of land. It absolutely makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense what has been done here. And anybody can't understand what happens when there's systemic theft of land. And, you know, uh, we as the United States should be atoning for what we did here in the United States of America, right? We did land grabs. We took people's land away, you know? And sometimes you wonder if the reasons why we, we, we simply give Israel a complete pass all of the times is because, oh my God, if, if we stop Israel from conquering, then are we opening the door for our natives to come back and say, uh-uh, the Black Hills are ours. We have a treaty that says, the Black Hills are ours. So all the minerals and everything that's found in the Black Hills are ours. And you owe us from all the gold extracted, from all the silver extracted, from all the elements extracted from that land. For, uh, for after we, uh, America, went against the treaty that we signed with the, I don't remember which native uh, family it was, which native group it was. Folks, we got to learn our history. We need to learn our history. All right, let's see what else we got here. Lee Grant says, how does a progressive so easily separate Hamas uh, from Gazans? Uh, just tell the truth, that's all. Uh, just tell the truth. Uh, let's see what else we got. But he says, why, Egberto Willis, please read. 
Egypt won't take Gaza's refugees. Egypt and Jordan, which borders uh, the separate Palestinian-governed West Bank, has given a staunch refusal to accept refugees during the Israel-Hamas war. The Associated Press reported. Why? Because leaders of these two countries fear that Israel wants permanent expulsion of the refugees from the territories it controls, an act that might nullify Palestinian demands of statehood, that they would wreck peace between Israel and its neighboring state. That is exactly that is exactly what I said earlier that Israel is doing. AP News, Egypt says a mass exodus from Gaza would bring Hamas or other Palestinian militants onto its soil. Egypt's military fought for years against Islamic militants and accused Hamas of backing them. All right, what else have we got here? Let me see. But All right. All right, let's go to our, our second video, which is Pramila Jayapal enumerating all the evils that, uh, that um, Netanyahu is affecting on uh, Gaza. Let's check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Pramila Jayapal, Representative Pramila Jayapal appeared on Meet the Press with Christian Wilker and it turns out that she had a lot to say but most importantly I think what she did perfectly was to enumerate the reign of terror inflicted on the Gaza Strip by uh, Netanyahu's Plan. I think it's important because when one places these items side by side, the damage in Gaza versus the damage in uh, Israel, the the destruction of the infrastructure in Gaza versus the destruction of the infrastructure in Israel, the number of deaths of children in Gaza versus the number of deaths of children in uh, Israel, the number of deaths of people altogether and maiming compared to that in Israel as well. If you take a look at all of these all over, you have to ask yourself, who is in fact the oppressor? Who is in fact the one inflicting the most inhumanity upon civilian non-combatants. Progressive Caucus, Congresswoman Jayapal, welcome to Meet the Press. Thank you so much, Kristen. It's great to be with you. It is great to have you on a very busy Sunday. So let's begin with Israel. You have called for a ceasefire in Gaza. Do you believe there's a non-military solution to the crisis that would neutralize the terror threat from Hamas and also bring home the hostages? Well, Kristen, I called for a ceasefire or at minimum a cessation of hostilities about 12 days ago. And in that time, since the beginning of, of this horrific, horrific war, um, what we have seen is now, in addition to the 1,400 Israelis who were killed, in addition to the hostages that have been taken, hundreds of hostages that have been taken by Hamas, what we are now seeing is eight thousand Palestinians who have been killed by Israeli airstrikes, 3,000 of whom are children. We have watched 120 premature babies who are likely to die without the fuel to run their incubators. And we see 50,000 pregnant women in Gaza who are going to either have to deliver their babies or die, but 
About 150 babies being delivered every day without food, water, or fuel. This is not a situation that is going to help either advance our long-term strategic goals of taking out Hamas, of ensuring security and peace for both Israelis and Palestinians, or frankly, our ability to hold our moral authority on the world stage by ensuring that Israel follows the international humanitarian laws or the laws of war as, as President Biden has called for. Nobody has any love for Hamas. Hamas is a terrorist organization that has deprived the Palestinian people absolutely of uh, many, many things in the time of their rule. And let's not forget that the last election where Hamas was elected was 16 years ago. Half of Palestinians are children. They were not part of that. And Hamas is not Palestinians. And Palestinians are not Hamas. We have to be very clear about that. But humanitarian agencies have been sending aid through approved partners. And before October 7th, it was about 500 trucks per day. Now, Kristen, since the beginning of this war, we have seen less than 100 trucks delivered. Israel has stopped the fuel from coming in um, and being delivered by trusted partners. And Kristen, I just think we have to recognize that this is a double standard. The United States rightly called out Russia for its siege of Ukraine, rightly called out the attacks on the power infrastructure, the refusal to provide food and water and fuel to the Ukrainians. And we have to recognize that our credibility and our authority on the moral stage is is greatly diminished if we do not also call out these uh, this siege that Israel is launching on Gaza as violations of international law. We are losing credibility. And frankly, we're being isolated in the rest of the world. We need immediate, sustained humanitarian aid to flow into Gaza. We need the bombings and, you know, you can call it a humanitarian truce uh, as 140 countries uh, said in the resolution that was passed at the United Nations. The United States was one of only 14 countries to oppose that resolution. Call it a humanitarian truce. Use that time to make sure we get the hostages out, both American hostages and Israeli hostages. Let's not forget, Kristen, that we also have 500 U.S. citizens plus their families who were told to go to southern Gaza because they were not safe in northern Gaza. That was the part that was going to be bombed. They are now at the Rafah crossing. And all these days later, three weeks later, they are still there. The United States has a responsibility to de-escalate the situation. We see the escalation on the northern border uh, with Hezbollah. And I think this is the moment for us to de-escalate, to call for a cessation of hostilities and to allow humanitarian aid through and the negotiators to work to get the hostages released. I think it is clear too many are asking us to not believe what our eyes are saying or telling us. Too many are out there telling us your eyes are deceiving you or causation is the reason why or, or the causation of the reason why so many folks in Gaza are dying is because of some incident very terroristic incident that killed 1400 Palestinians is the cause of the 8,000 and growing deaths in Gaza. 
and one has to ask, why don't we believe our eyes? Why don't we believe our eyes not only for the occurrence of today, yesterday, and the last three weeks after Hamas brutally, terroristically killed and kidnapped Israelis? But let's look pre that on what was occurring beforehand. Let's look at all the issues from the taking of uh, properties to settlers going into areas that they were through uh, through agreement shouldn't be to simply destroying the homes of people who have been on the land for centuries or simply removing or, or taking command of their properties under military rule. Folks, we have to start believing what we're seeing. We have to start believing that revenge sometimes is used for ulterior motives. And I think that is what we'll see is occurring right now. We, now, Brother Grant, the reality is this. Uh, when you uh, it, it, the, the statement, how do you how do multiculturalism when one culture wants to kill another? That is false. One culture doesn't want to kill another. One culture wants uh, both cultures want to have their land. Palestine Palestinians would like just like Israel wants to have uh, somewhere that that they call their own. So do Palestinians. And they would appreciate that if it wasn't just taken from them because you have the power and the support of the United States to do so. It's not difficult at all to understand that. And anybody who claims or believes that every Palestinian out there wants to get rid of Israel, you are losing your mind. A lot of businesses in Israel and Palestine work together. It, it's about the green. I mean, uh, it, it is amazing that many don't see that all these issues have a lot to do with the military industrial complex and what they're trying to attain. But anyway, that is, that is beyond the scope of the discussion today. The fact of the matter is uh, the, the, the Palestinians just want to stop dying. And we're not talking about Hamas. And, you know, again, don't, don't let your eyes deceive you. Look at Gaza. Look at the destruction in Gaza. Look at the streets. Look at the houses. Look at the daily terrorization of people. Look at the starvation. Look at the lack of water. Look at the lack of food. Look at the lack of electricity. Look at the hell hole that that open air prison in Gaza it has always been. And look at the destructive hell hole that it is now. And then go look at Tel Aviv, go look at Haifa, go look at uh, Jerusalem, go look at all these other places. And they're living, a war is occurring in Israel right now. And there are live feeds of people on the, on the Israel side of the Riviera, you know, the Israeli Riviera, sitting down and sipping their coffee and their martinis as bombs are flying a few miles away in Gaza. All right. I mean, uh, uh, look at the look, look with your own eyes. Count with your own mind. Over 8,000 Palestinians dead. 
from bombing, from the massacre from, from Netanyahu's IDF clan. 1,400 Israelis murdered by uh, Hamas. Folks, uh, Netanyahu is proven that he's a lot more dangerous than Hamas could ever be. A lot more dangerous than Hamas could ever be. And I want to give kudos to Pramila Jayapal for not taking the bait here in this discussion. She does not allow the criticism of Benjamin Netanyahu and the Israeli government to somehow be channeled into the false statement of anti-Semitism because they are definitely not the same. Check it out. She didn't fall for the bait. She did it perfectly. I want you to listen to what uh, Pramila Jayapal has to say here. Uh, it, it is clear that she wants everybody to understand that challenging misdeeds by the Israeli government does not make one anti-Semitic. And in fact, uh, there, uh, there is some commentary that she made uh, was really attacked by both Democrats and Republicans alike because specifically what she said was misunderstood and she clarified immediately. But in the clarification, she made it clear that a country, the United States, that provides so much assistance to Israel, uh, that accountability is required. The fact that they get much of their munitions from us and their bombs, etc., demands that we know how these are going to be used specifically because, again, uh, anything they do will likely come back and affect us. We ought to be very, 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 very careful with this. Anyhow, check out what she had to say, and then we'll take it on the other side. Let me ask you about some of your comments. You have characterized Israel as a, quote, racist state. After a backlash, you clarified that you don't believe the existence of Israel is racist, but that the government engages in racist policies. Can you explain clearly what do you mean by that, Congresswoman? Well, Kristen, I clarified this right away, not after a backlash, within 12 hours of making the statement. I clarified that what I meant is that the existence of Israel is absolutely legitimate. And I think the world has come to see it as legitimate. However, there are racists within the Netanyahu government, and there are racist policies that Israel has been carrying out. I think it is important for us to recognize that we need to be able to criticize the policies of the Israeli government and uh, and not be called anti-Semitic. I, I really believe that conversation is changing in a way that is not helpful. And let me say this too, yeah. that at the end of the day, the, the president and the United States is absolutely uh, responsible because we also have been the largest military backer of aid to Israel. Yeah. We need to be able to question where U.S. taxpayer dollars are going and what accountability the United States has in ensuring, for example, that when the president calls for Israel to uh, adhere to the international yeah. laws of war, that they actually are doing that. Otherwise, we are complicit in a way that almost no other country in the world is. Pramila Jayapal nailed it. Again, to repeat. 
challenging the Israeli government does not make one anti-Semitic. It makes one, like anybody else, just challenging what needs to be challenged. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join. Another message here from, uh, from Bridge MCP that she found, look at the disparity in debts. That's all you gotta see. Look at the disparity of debts for all the conflicts we have with the Palestinian versus uh, Israelis. One eighteen thousand seven hundred two Palestinians dead, two thousand seven hundred forty-six Israeli dead since two thousand. And check that out: more than half of that number of Israeli dead just occurred, just occurred with that mass terroristic event. Now, to my brother Lee Grant, are we supposed to pretend there is not a fraction of a fa fraction of Islam that wants Jews eradicated? Get real. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. But are we not to believe there's a fraction of American Christians who want black people eradicated? Of course they are. They're called the Ku Klux Klan and the people that are that are working very hard to do so. Are there is there a faction of the American population that want the native people eradicated? Of course there is. We will always have those factions in existence. But do we go ahead? And, and, and find those folks in the Ku Klux Klan and start sending missiles into their compounds? No, we don't. We go to court, and when they do something wrong, we take everything away from them, as we did with several different KKK groups. So no, my dear brother, my dear brother, uh, uh, you brought up a very good point. But what I'm trying to say, for everything that we see that is negative that that folks try to bring up i can give a, a a converse in the american history that that concerns us and that concerns the reason maybe that being the reason why we allow israel to get away the israeli government to get away with a lot of what uh, they do because the same genocide that israel is effecting on the palestinian is the same genocide we effected on the native vis-a-vis -vis the trail of tears just one of the many the trail of tears just one of the many we can talk about the trail of tears we can talk about the black hills we can talk about the 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 uh, the building of the railroads we can talk about one item after another where in the olden days, our behavior was not that much different than Israel's current behavior in Gaza. Okay? So we have a lot to atone for. And supporting Israel's murder of Palestinians in Gaza is not a way for us ourselves to atone. And this has nothing to do with our Israeli brothers and sisters. This has everything to do with an evil government run by Benjamin Netanyahu and his right-wing flank. 
similar to what Donald Trump is attempting to build here in the United States. So let's be real. If we really want to be real, let's be real. I have what? Oops. Uh, this is going to take me right down to the limit, but I'm going to give it anyway. Let's go ahead and play it, and then we'll take it on the other side. Once again, Christie appeared on State of the Union with uh, Tapper, Jake Tapper, to discuss whom? Donald Trump. They did it in the context of Israel. They also uh, pointed out uh, that, in effect, Donald Trump, Israeli policies, Middle East policies, the Abraham Accords, ultimately, based on what's occurring right now, turned out to be a failure. But Christie got a lot deeper. And he effectively said, you go ahead and elect Donald Trump again. This is why it would be a disaster. And he explains, listen to it here and then we'll take it on the other side. One of the things about Donald Trump's approach uh, to the Middle East was in the Abraham Accords, he was focused uh, and Netanyahu was also on what they called the outside in approach, which is have Israel make um, peace with Bahrain and UAE and Saudi Arabia and others. And then after he, they, Israel had done that, then they could focus on peace with the Palestinians. Th- that didn't work, um, obviously. And, and, and Trump ignored uh, the Israel-Palestinian peace process, as did obviously Netanyahu. Um, as much as uh, the Abraham Accords were a success, they, they weren't a success when it comes to ignoring the festering problem of, of uh, peace between Israel and the Palestinians. Well, Jake, I think they were steps in the right direction. Um, and but but look, you're right in that Donald Trump never finishes what he started. Uh, he said he was going to build a wall across the entire border of the United States and Mexico. He built 52 miles of new wall. Um, in four years, uh, he said he was going to balance the budget. He added $7.8 trillion in debt. And the same way he said he was going to bring peace to the Middle East, he did not do that because he didn't finish the job, as you said. And so, uh, look, uh, if he couldn't do it in the first term with good people around him, imagine what he would do in a second term um, with uh, the the clowns and rogues gallery he would have around him in a second Trump term, because that's the only people that would actually work for him. And so we need to keep focused on one thing. Donald Trump is not going to be able to beat Joe Biden from a courtroom in Washington, D.C., while he's fighting his indictment on the January 6th case. And let me tell you, that indictment got much tougher for him to beat when his own chief of staff has now accepted immunity and will testify against him about the lies he told in the aftermath of January 6th. And what he was told by his own people about the fact that he had lost the election. This is going to be a big problem for our party. And we need to cut it off at the pass, get rid of Donald Trump and move on to honest, strong leadership that will tell the truth. Now, Chris Christie didn't pull any punches. He made it very clear. It's going to be a clown cart of people if Trump is elected again. Why? Specifically, nobody sensible. Nobody, no intelligent person is going to want to work for Chris Christie. Why would they? Why destroy their reputation by working for a guy like this? So that's number one. He said, it turns out that you'll get a clown card. Secondly, you get somebody that is completely ineffective. Somebody that has, that is unable to accomplish that which needs to be accomplished for where we need to be as a country. Um, Chris Christie has been nailing Trump for a long time, but I mean, I think he has 
turned the corner in not just being somebody that's hammering uh, Trump, but one that comes out and say specifically how the, this person has failed and how he would not ever be able to succeed as president of the United States. We spend a lot of time deconstructing. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. Okay, folks, we are coming to the end of the show. I want to thank you guys so kindly for being here. Please support the program. How can you support the program? You can support the program, first of all, by going to politicsandright.support, politicsandright.com slash support, politicsandright.com slash support. Please support us however you can. We have all the different methods of doing that right there. I'd like to ask you so kindly, please become supporters of our newsletter. Become a paid supporter of our newsletter by going to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. When you support us, we can continue to do this hard work that we do, writing several blogs a day, writing, uh, creating two separate uh, radio shows every single day of the week, making sure that we have books that are in the churn, coming online, books coming online to take care and make sure people are informed. We cannot do this without you. We simply cannot do this without you. So folks, please, please, please support the program. Once again, go to politicsandright.com slash support to support the program or go to politicsandright.com slash newsletter to be a part. Uh, my name is Egberto Willis. Uh, this is Politics Done Right. And you guys know how I end this baby. I am what? Out. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.